You're listening to the Renee and Rochelle podcast, where our goal is to encourage you in your Christian faith. I'm Renee. I'm Rochelle, and let's get started. Hello, hello. We are finally back. We've had a bit of a uh, forced break, but we're back here in your ears chatting to you today. I mean, look, only one week forced break, but um, I just got really sick. And then Renee got sick because I was sick. And then her child got sick. Yes. And then your family got sick anyway. But we're back. Praise the Lord. And we are going to be chatting about love today. All you need is love, love. Anyway. I mean, there's so many songs. Okay, here we go. If you can think of two songs that have the word love in them, off the top of your head, what would they be? Oh, the one that I just sang, that all you need is love, because that just makes me laugh. Yep. And, oh, my goodness, now I've gone blank. Do you know what song I have love in my head? Me, what's that song? I'm, like, so old school. Let's edit that bit out. That's gross. Uh, You know that song that was, like, a real big hit, 2008, by Kim Walker? And it was, like, a sloppy wet kiss. Oh, I hate that song. Yes. He loves us. Oh, how Sorry, he Kim loves Walker, us. if you ever hear this, I apologize, but I really. Oh no, my church. I'm pretty sure my church changed the sloppy wet kiss to something else. It was just, I don't even can't remember what they changed it to. But that's the song that comes into my head instantly. Can you tell that I am churchified? Anyway, so yeah, we're talking about love today, and wow, we were both challenged in our own ways. Um, <laughs> about it. So we're talking about it. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. So I guess um, this kind of came out of a few things. Like we always, when we're getting ready for our podcast, we have our rough plan of how it's all going to go, of course, um, and what we want to talk about, themes and things. But the <laughs> what we tend to find is we'll just have a conversation about something completely unrelated and be like, yeah, God was dealing with me on that. Let's talk about that. And that's kind of how this came up because yes. I was just, I was not loving life. I was not loving <laughs> much of anybody or anything. I was having a hard time about it. And then I started to feel convicted about some of my attitudes and the way I was treating people and, you know, just the way I was thinking about people and things like that. And every time I opened my Bible, everything I read was about love and how God loves us and all of these various attributes of God and what he expects of us and things like that. Hmm. And then so that I was like, oh, all right, fine. I'm just going to listen to some teaching, you know, a preacher who it said something about like finances or something in the title. I was like, this is fine. I'm just going to listen to this. I can handle this right now. And all he got sidetracked and all he talked about was love. And then I went to church and all they talked about was love. So at that point I was like, okay, I hear you. God, I'm I'm here and I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm your servant and I'm listening. I wasn't before. Oh, gosh. Um, But, yeah, so that's where this all started. And I guess um, it's it's not exactly like a... It's more about this is how we we walk through our own separate experiences of God dealing with us about the way we love and the way we walk in love. Um, yeah. So it's not a, hey, guys, this is a 10-point list of all the things you have to do. It's literally like, hey, this is how God dealt with us. 
Oh yeah, and it's still dealing with us, might I add. Um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Well, why don't I just read through one Corinthian? No, actually, you're the better reader than me. So why don't you read through one Corinthians thirteen, and read one to thirteen? I reckon. One to thirteen. Yeah. All right. 13 in the New Living Translation, and it is titled, Love is the Greatest. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and never endures and sorry and endures through every circumstance prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless but love will last forever now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture but when the time of perfection comes these partial things will become useless when i was a child i spoke and thought and reasoned as a child but when i grew up i put away childish things now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Mm, so good. Oh. So good. So much stands out. I feel like something different stands out every time I read it. Yeah, I almost was going to teach you and be like, let's go through point through point like we did in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs, but, yeah. But then I thought, Maybe no, no. Maybe we should do another one. Yeah. <laughs> I've read this multiple times and the same thing comes to my mind. Often there are two very clear opinions that people have of the Christian faith or Christians in general. And the mm. first one is, um, and it's usually centered around their experience of family members or people. So the first yeah. one is usually is the first one. The first one is that uncle, that auntie, they went to church all the time and they did all the things, but they were not nice. They were judgmental. Mm. He was rude to his wife. Blah, 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 blah. Then the second opinion is, yeah, um, my auntie, my uncle, whoever, yeah, they went to church and they were just really nice people and I just loved hanging out with them and I loved visiting them. And you get some in between, but those two are the most clear that we ever really come across. And yeah. I just think, you know, this verse is kind of like the importance of loving people is just 
yeah, the importance of loving others is the most important thing above everything else. Above everything else, because people remember how you made them feel. They remember what you said. And they remembered what it was like when you were in, when they were in your presence. Uh, when I was reading through this, I kept thinking of when um, Jesus, when the Pharisees tested Jesus, trying to like trip him up. And uh, it's in Luke 10, uh, verse 25. And the title above it says the most important commandment. And it says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And then it Mm. kind of leads into the parable of the Good Samaritan. But I thought, I kept thinking of that and I was like, that's what is the two greatest commandments, love God and love others. Mm. It really is how we, you know, the greatest form of evangelism is how you leave people and how you make, how you love them, really. Mm. And I think when you look all through the Gospels, you get a very clear glimpse of how Jesus loved people. Well, how many times does it say he was moved with compassion? Yeah. You know, he felt yeah. compassion for them, which is, you know, that's loving them literally in action, mm. you know, and he was he was like, don't send the little children away, you know, all of these things. It was His motive was love. I mean, you can take it right back to like the word of God says that God is love. It doesn't say that God loves. I mean, it does say God loves, but it literally says that he is love. Like mm. that is who he is. The thing that well that came to my mind was am I hindering the kingdom of God? Am I hindering the kingdom of God with this conversation, with these actions, with the way that I'm treating people? Or am mm-hmm. I welcoming the kingdom of God to earth right now? And mm. I think my perspective like so recently I've just been really frustrated with my with my job and I suppose with just you know life circumstances and all those kind of things and like I suppose my frustration came out with like just being I don't know if it was called angry maybe annoyance probably a better word Mm. and something really flipped and I don't really know necessarily what it was it was just you know, for me, I can't really, sometimes I can pinpoint when God, like, what happens and there's, like, a pinpoint moment. But other times it's just, like, an overnight, God just speaks to me and my spirit changes. It's really weird. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose all of a sudden I just had a real heart, like, I've never had for very like for a while of just evangelism, of, like, there's people in my world who need to know about Jesus. And so with that perspective, it completely changed how I was treating people and Mm. how I was talking about people and how annoyed I would get. Because even things like people don't see 
the closed doors of my house when it's just me and Pete. But I believe mm. that what is hidden will always be revealed in public. Absolutely. So even the way I treat my husband and the and how I steward love and kindness in my home, it will represent itself in the public. And mm. I want my marriage to exemplify Jesus and what a loving relationship looks like. So, mm. you know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of been where I'm heading. And a thought just kept coming back to my mind over and over again. The Bible always talks about vessels and, you know, it talks mm-hmm. about vessels quite a bit. Um, Timothy, Isaiah, I think there's another one in John that talks about um, vessels. And the thought was like, am I today, am I willing to be used by God today? Am I willing to be used by God today? Because when I walk out the door and I'm frustrated and angry or when I'm not, uh, when I'm slow to anger and I'm patient and I'm choosing to be kind, I'm actually saying, God, I'm willing to be used by you today. Because it's often the moments where I am frustrated and angry and all those kind of things. I'm actually entering my day or moment and I'm not even thinking about being used by God as his vessel. Mm. So yeah, this that's my my kind of thought process of I don't know maybe yeah, just what I God's had a been. really similar similar yeah. experience actually because I've got so much going on at the moment, just life, work, the whole thing, and I find that I become very short and snappy, and I lose all patience when I've got a long, long list of things to do. And I have to speak more than once or I have to stop and help someone redo something. Yeah. And unfortunately, that that can often really come out with my kids because we're running late, they're spilling things, they're knocking things over. Things that wouldn't normally bother me were starting to really get to me. And I had felt in my own spirit, like, well, I felt in myself just as a person, I don't want to be like snapping at my kids and be that mean mom. But then I also like was praying about it and really feeling like the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, you need to sort yourself out because this is not walking in love. You're not being patient. And then my husband was like, hey, I've noticed the way that you're talking to the kids. And I was like, okay, working on it, doing it. And so I just got up the next morning with a specific, because then I was like, okay, love is patient and love is kind. And obviously in the mornings, that is something I struggle with. So how are we going to do this? So the next morning I got up earlier got the older one up who is the one that is actually really slow in the mornings and (laughs) cooked her breakfast which I don't cook breakfast for anybody sorry you get cornflakes or toast in my house um anyway cooked her breakfast made sure that I kept the way I spoke and my tone kind and a we got out the door faster but b she said to me I like the way you're talking to me today mommy so people definitely notice, even if they're only five. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was reading after that and I would, like I've, I read through the New Testament basically. I don't have a really good reading plan for how I read my Bible. This is probably like letting people know too much. I read what's exciting for me in the moment a lot of times. No, but I... my, my one 
my one yeah. thing I really do do is I read the New Testament over and over. Like I start from Matthew and read through over and over. That's just I'm not so good at doing it with the Old Testament. But anyway, I ended up in 1 John and in 1 John chapter 4 there is like this whole verse, this whole like bunch of verses about well, and it goes into 1 John 5 as well about love and it's it really hit me because it said, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who mm. loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. And then it goes and it talks about how he loved us so much he sent his son to take away our sins and... Um, since God loved us that much, we should love each other. And it says, no one has ever seen God. And this is, I think, where you're going. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Yeah. I just, it's like, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, there's, here's a really good one, though, further down in that. It says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I really love that because sometimes it's really hard to forgive people and it is really mm. hard to to overcome hurt from others. But when we are people who choose to love, we are then force ourselves into uncomfortableness to then overcome hurt and pain and to be then be people who are who choose forgiveness. Yeah. I think that, that that was actually quite challenging for me because sometimes you don't think about family and friends as as fellow believers oh, no. and you get so irritated by some of their annoying things that they do. And yet when you read that and you're like, oh, that person is not just a family member or whatever, they're like my brother or sister in Christ and I need to treat them that way because, you know, Christ loved the church so much that he died and gave himself up for it. So if, you know, I mean, how is it going to be, like if someone disrespects you in front of Peter, they're going to get their butt kicked. You know, like imagine mm. how much more so someone hurts or offends the church by not loving them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I saw this quote that I saw recently by Steve McCracken. So McCracken. him and his dad, uh, him and his dad, sorry, are Kiwi-born Aussie prophets. And I really, I really love them. They're really cool people. Um I act like I've met them. I literally haven't. I've just been in the room and they've been there and I've read some of their books. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so it says, you have been appointed by God and sent by God to be an exhibit of God. So you have been appointed by God and sent by God to be an exhibit of God. I, Love that because, yeah, we're when we show when we choose kindness over hurt, when we choose um, patience over frustration, when we chose to take a breather and take a step back instead of choosing hurtful words, 
we are being exhibits of God. And Mm. when we choose to apologize when we have done things that have been hurtful, we actually exhibit God by showing forgiveness and kindness and grace. Hmm. Which is which is what God is like too. So yeah. <laughs> I mean I just I'm like trying to think of a way because I'm like, this has really been quite a shift for me, but it's very basic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like everyone's probably like probably sitting there thinking, what are they raving on about? We all know this. But the reality is how often do we go about our day and we don't actually walk this out? We are so convinced. It's 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 comes back to things too, like how you always judge other people on their actions, but you judge yourself on your motives. Oh yes, and your intentions. Mm. So, well, just, I mean, just, just know where you list of. The list of characteristics yeah. of love in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, it's the thing that people pull out at every Christian wedding and blah, 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 but it is actually true. It's not just some um, poetic pie-in-the-sky, very nice ideal. It is actually what God expects of us. It, it God expects that we are patient. And the Word says that the Holy Spirit gives us these things. Like, uh, where is that reference? Mm. Give me one second. Um, Galatians, Galatians chapter five, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, like the fruits of the spirit. The first one is love. And then there's patience in there too, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, like it's, it's literally spelled out. This is how we're supposed to live. And I suppose when you've been walking with God for a long time and you have been in the word and everything else, you probably get to the point where you think that you know more than this because you're like, oh, I've moved on to deeper things, but there isn't any deeper thing. This is what Mm. God wants us to do. He wants us to become more like him every day, you know. I mean, a prime example is the book of, well, the story of Esther, where you have a king who's met, King is a King Ahab and he's married to his wife and she's just annoying and painful and not patient and not kind from what we from what we read of her and mm. jealous and insecure. Which, Good old Vashti. <laughs> um <laughs> and wasn't hopeful. So, you know, then the decision was decided, well, get lost, lady. And then you have Esther who first is approached because of her beauty and mm. then spends a whole year beauty treatments, like, wow. And then um, I imagine that when she walked in the room and had a chat with him about her people being set free and, hey, this is what's actually going on, there would have been kindness and gentleness and something about her spirit that exuded love for him to listen to her. Because if she came in with the same spirit as his previous wife, mate, she would have been a goner. Yeah, I mean, he got rid of one already. What's to stop him getting rid of another one? And so to say all that, I think the walk of love, which is kindness, gentleness, being slow to anger, 
they that character that that character and that fruit of the spirit as you grow it will get you into rooms that other people are qualified for but they won't get into those rooms because their mm. character is lagging them behind i guess for what we're trying to get across is you know we have both been doing ministry we do all these things and we've been christians for a really long time and working on our character and all of that but from time to time the holy spirit is still going to put his finger on something that you have let go or mm. neglected and he's going to have you take a good look at yourself and and do something about it and i mean i heard someone say i mean it's not the first time i've heard it but it just reminded me that um whatever it takes for you to like if it's if it if sorry let me start that again whatever it takes to get something you're going to have to continue to do to keep it yeah um, and and they're talking about that in terms of like health fitness things like yes. that but it's also a spiritual discipline that you have to do so if you um if you neglect any of the spiritual disciplines you start to show that in your character so you know if yeah. you if you're maybe allowing because you're so busy that you're still spending time in the word but you're not coming to it because you have love and passion for god you're coming to it out of habit or you're coming to it because you know you should or it's an obligation then that affects how you love god that affects how mm. you love everyone else I think the reason that it says love is patient and it hits patient first is because that's the first thing to go. Honestly, I can <laughs> tell how I'm tracking by how patient I am with like my husband's irritating habits, for example. Do you know what's funny is you when know. me and Pete first got married, we were like, yeah, let's really go through like 1 Corinthians 13 and let's just go through it and we'll work, you know, every fortnight we'll just, do a new one. We got to love as patient and then we thought, we're never going to get past the love as patient, <laughs> let alone get to love as kind. <laughs> we were like, well, this was a bad idea. Like, let's rethink about how we can do this. Um, you know what I think is really interesting about this verse is it says, uh, let's go from verse two. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and I've had such faith that I can faith that I can move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And then verse three, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I did not love others, I would have gained nothing. And I yeah. think that one there potentially is the biggest trap of yes. But I serve in church. But I give to the poor, but I have a sponsored child, but I give to missions, but you don't understand. Yeah. I'm on a Sunday. I'm there so early every single week, serving my heart out. And God says, I don't really care about all that stuff. I don't really care about all that stuff because that's all outward. I'm looking at your inward heart. And if you don't know how to love others, then what's the point, mate? If you're going to be rocking mm. up to church and you're, like, having road rage until you get out of the car park into church, there's really, mm. God's like, something going on there, mate. You you really need to uh, 
sort that out. Okay, so I it that's so true. Like I and I listened to this is the okay, so this is the preacher I went specifically to listen to him talking about something to do with finances instead of anything else. And he started talking about love. And the thing he said that really stuck with me, he was like, um, he had made this plan that he was going to spend 30 minutes a day praying, right? And he went into his prayer room and he was praying and praying and he kept checking his watch and he checked his watch and it was like 11 minutes in. It was about the third time he'd checked his watch. And he said, as clearly as anything, he felt God say to him, you can go now if you want. And he was like so convicted because he realized that he was doing it from a motive that wasn't love yeah. and that God was like, go away. I don't need you here if you're not going to be here praying mm. because you love me and you want to spend time with me. If you're only here out of obligation, you yes. can go now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the biggest thing I've really had to check in my spirit is I've worked, um, I've worked for, well, I currently work for a charity a really big international charity um, that does plenty of good works. And I've also worked and had a position in the church in the past as well. And if I'm not careful, those things of I'm doing really good things though and I work for a really good organisation and mm-hmm. we do really amazing things and we help the poor and we do all this, that can become my faith. That can become... What, where I put my hope and trust in, that can be where I go, oh, but yeah, I love in works. In works. In works. And yeah. you've got to be, and if you, even if you work for the church, like this is such a big one. If you work for your church, you've got to be so careful that you don't get caught up in good works, thinking that you are better than everyone else because you have that mm-hmm. position that you, become entitled and you forget how to love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Anyway. <laughs> oh, do you have anything, some practical, practical? Um... Um, some practical things for me were just taking a moment to pause, like feeling myself yeah. react with that impatient, snappy, I'm so busy. Why aren't you just like making my life easy? Actually pausing. Yes. Taking a breath and realigning my heart with what does God expect from me here? You know, taking a second to actually honestly stop and think. And it's literally just a second. But to take that second and go, does it matter? If I spend an extra 10 minutes on the drive to school or does it matter that my kid knows I love them and that I'm going to help them with whatever it is that they've got going on? Yeah. That was my practical. Yeah, I think mine's the same. I've really started to get into the habit of saying to myself, like stepping out of the situation that's really frustrating me. And, I mean, I was there was a point where I was getting to the point where I would be getting so overwhelmed with frustration and didn't know what to do that I would get to the point where I'd be, like, shaking and, and almost in tears. Like, just so stupid. Um, so, yeah, I would stop and get myself out of that situation. 
and then say to myself, this isn't that big of a deal. You're making mm. this in your head into a cyclone. It's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Yeah, kind of that. Is it going to matter in a week? Is it going to matter in a month? Is it going to matter in a year? Is it going to matter in five years? Is it going to matter in eternity? Like, Yeah. I think it's, and also just being someone who is self-aware and taking responsibility for your mm-hmm. actions is mm. really is really important because like I've been a Christian for ages now and I know the voice of God and so I'm not a child in faith. Yeah. So I can be a little I am capable of being self aware of what, what I'm doing and yeah. And being okay with correction it's kind of like Paul, from my husband. Which, which of Paul's <laughs> sorry. Which of Paul's letters is it where he's like how often do we have to go back to the milk? Can't we move oh. on now to solid food? Like, so oh, funny. Yes. He would be saying something like that to me right in this moment, I'm sure. Do we want to Do we want to pray for people? Because I guess thinking about love too, that when you start to really study it out, and I have not got it all put on paper because, honestly, I can open up just about like, yeah. I don't know, I reckon Lamentations, we, and there's something in there about love. I reckon what we do is we quickly chat on how we're going with the Proverbs 31 challenge, and then we pray. Yeah. So yeah. I'll probably cut out my random thought. I bet you when I leave, I'm going to tell you what my thought was. But anyway. Um, You'll go to sleep and you'll wake up thinking of it. Yes. Well, yeah, we did um, the Proverbs 31 challenge probably like the end of the last season. And yes. It was a really good challenge. And so my challenge was to get up at 6.30. And I can say that I have woken up a lot earlier. Um, but I've been quite sick. So on those days, I make sure I rest. But, yeah, I pretty much have been. And I have found it to be really, yeah, really, really good, actually. I'm a lot more creative. Um, have a clearer mind. My house is a little bit cleaner, which is nice. And probably linking to, like, what we're talking about right now, um, love is patient and love is kind. There's a real thing for me is to be kind to myself and to love myself and not to be jealous of others because we're all on our own journey. And if I don't get up every single morning at 6.30, I can't beat my – like, I've done it in the past when I've done stuff like this. I've really, like – have bit myself up about it and you know and gotten really upset with myself and it's just become a huge cycle so yeah so just thinking really positively and I'm seeing the benefits of getting up early so that's me how's your gym going um it's been slightly sidetracked because one of mine was like to work on my physical fitness and I did do really well at like increasing my steps and everything. But like you said, we've had some sickness, we've had broken bones. So it's been a little bit wild around here, but we're, we're getting back on track now and I have a yes. week off work next week. Oh yeah. I'm so looking forward to, uh, and Good I'm using that. that to get my fitness back on track Spend yeah. some quality time with my husband. Nice. Um, catch up How- on life admin, all of those fun things. How's um? Are you still doing the healthy eating? The what? Sorry. They're eating eating no sugar. Um, I <laughs> until this last week with between 
stomach bugs and broken bones. <laughs> I have been living on caffeine and whatever sugary treat I can find hidden in the back of the pantry. Um, but prior to that, yes, we were eating very healthy. We did get we did take a bit of a hit this last week, but yeah, definitely good. need to get back on track. So yeah, so is that. But then also, I think this whole focus on love is definitely um coming off of the back of the proverbs that he yeah. woman because you can't tell me she does all the things she does if she doesn't love like if oh. she didn't love her family and her husband she would not be getting up early and doing all those things and oh no way buying stuff and selling stuff and making stuff no <laughs> she'll be lying in bed snoozing with a book oh bless her she'll be scrolling through social media that's what she would be doing wasting away yeah. a day <laughs> Been there, done that. Okay. So, um, do you wanna do you wanna pray for us? Yeah, I can pray. Um, so I think let's just pray for people who might be in a similar season, I guess, and and then we'll go from there. But Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time spent talking about you. I thank you that you are love. Your word says that you are love, and your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And that there is no fear in love, Lord. And so we just pray for each and every one of our listeners right now that you reveal yourself to them as the God who loves them, as the Father who has a plan and a purpose for their lives. And Lord, where they may be struggling, I pray that you help them by your Holy Spirit. The word says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through Jesus Christ. And we just pray right now in the name of Jesus for each and every one of our listeners that your love is shed abroad in their heart. And that Holy Spirit that open to you, to your, to what you have to say to them, to what you want to do in and through them, that you cause them to grow in their capacity to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. And we mm. thank you that you are with each and every one of us now. And we pray you bless everyone who listens in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to leave us Amen. with a quote by Mother Teresa. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Oh, so, I like that. Go love your family. Go make your husband a tea and tell him you love him. One, two, three. Cheese sandwich. Cheese sandwich. Such a classic for you guys. All right. <laughs> That's